0: One small way that you can help is if you see somebody sharing on social media about a rare disease is to share the information with other people, to champion that person, to um, show some compassion. Because a lot of times I've seen people that share their journey with rare disease. I I know some families on TikTok, they get some really bad hate comments, like they're just trying to get attention. And I want to say, yes, of course, they're trying to get attention. (laughs) They're trying to get attention because they want to save their child. Welcome to the Elite Few Podcast, where we explore the fabulous, extraordinary world of the people who move the needle of success. Join our host, Tiffany, and producer, Kyle, as we dive into the stories and insights of the elite few who are making a difference and pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to the Elite Few podcast. I'm your producer, Kyle, along with my host, Tiffany Feeney. Say hi to Hi.
2: Welcome back, guys.
1: Today's episode is a very special one. Uh, But before we get to our guest, I want to show Tiffany, and hopefully it'll show up. Uh, This is a first try for me. I want to show Tiffany something that we have just now launched on our website.
2: Um, I do want to see.
1: And it's a surprise for her. And as soon as I click the right buttons, what do you see right now, Tiffany?
2: Um, How producer is sharing the screen. Nope, now I see it. Yep. Dintorini, Greece, with me in a dress. Okay,
1: perfect. Now okay. this is the surprise. That's not the surprise. Oh, okay. You know this website. I, yeah, you know yeah. this website. You know it well. You were there, yeah. right? I was there. This yeah. is what's the surprise. Can you see that?
2: Oh, yes! I love it. Sheila cannot see it. <laughs> what is it? It says "Stay fabulous," and "fabulous" is all glittery. Oh. Like it's, it's like,
1: a t-shirt. It's our new. T- we're launching our t-shirt. We're launching our yes! our, our store.
2: Oh, we're gonna shirts. Look at the mugs.
1: Look at this. we got mugs.
2: Oh my god.
1: So we have now launched our store officially on this show. Go oh. the link will be in the in the description. We are going to have a bunch of different t-shirts, different mugs, different sayings that you can have. Stay fabulous, uh, the elite few, I'm the elite few. There's all kinds able of stuff to put go a, and explore. Like
2: the elite few on the side or something?
1: Uh-huh. Oh no, no, no. Oh, the what, we're we well, we can do anything you want. I just wanted to show you what I've done for the very first iteration of this. Oh my god. And then now that we have this store we can uh, we can accomplish anything. So Oh god. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my god. I love I, it. love I love surprising you. So I love you so much. Okay. okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wanted it to be genuine, you know? I know it's so. very
2: genuine. Yeah oh my yeah, god I I love be, it. that was that's
1: that's what i, I love stayed up script. last night building. i love
2: this thing you did that last night
1: i built the well the 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 uh script and all the words were being built over the last couple of weeks oh, uh so by a sweet. by by someone i hired to do that but uh, building Season the website 52. where you can actually go order it.
2: Drinking you can actually go
1: order it right down. now. Like it's live. So
2: I love it. Oh my God. I'm so okay. excited.
1: So, all right. So that was the introduction to the elite few podcast and our new store. So go visit and remember at elite View, uh, we're all about the fabulous, extraordinary people in this world that make a difference. And today's episode, we're going to be talking with a woman who's making a big difference in the healthcare field and for patient advocacy. You'll hear her story in a few minutes and, and it is it is very special it is very touching it is very heart wrenching but ploughing through it her and her family her daughter that's the most important thing of the whole of the whole situation but it's going to show you it's she's going to explain to you how broken our system is and hopefully through this podcast through her knowledge through her advocacy is going to change that for these rare diseases that we're going to talk about. So Tiffany, go ahead and uh, introduce Sheila to everybody and and we'll, we'll, we'll move on with the show.
2: All right, I want to introduce Sheila Hain and she has a daughter named Lily with a very rare disease and her path and story for the last six years is incredible. I want you guys to have tissues. This is another one of those episodes. So just get ready. It's really intense and I don't believe anyone watching this W- will not be able to feel her pain and what she went through. Sheila.
0: Hi. Thank <laughs> Welcome you so to much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me and for doing Welcome, something Sheila. like this. Yeah. Thank you. Both
1: of you. Anytime, well, anytime. You have, you our have pleasure.
2: definitely um, been through it. And I think you said she was four and a half when she first got right. diagnosed or yes. not even diagnosed when you first started seeing symptoms, right? right? When she was officially diagnosed, how long did that take?
0: Um, it took a good six months. So she was a very happy, healthy, active child. Um, she loved to run and jump and play and go on long walks with us and her dog. Um, she's just very happy, but at, even at four years old, she would go on little mini adventure runs with me. But at about four and a half, we started to notice that she, her coordination started to deteriorate and her balance and she started to get tired really easily. And her stamina kind of went away and she could only do short walks. So we took her to the doctor and they said it was fine. But then she fell off a slide in um, preschool and she started to complain at the same time about back pain, wrist pain, um, tailbone pain. So we took her to her pediatrician and she said she's fine. They did an x-ray um, of her wrist, that she's fine, sent us home. But she continued to have more and more pain to the point where She was guarding and limping and eventually she stopped walking altogether. So we brought her back to the doctor several times. We brought her to her emergency rooms and they kept telling us um, she's fine. She has atypical growing pains. Um, They would say crazy things like she's constipated or just things that didn't make sense. You know as a mom that something's going on and you want to help her so bad. But we just kept getting turned away. And she just started, she was inconsolable. She was crying day and night. So we were just going in and out of emergency rooms. Finally, we changed pediatricians. We got a hold of an orthopedic doctor. We brought her into an orthopedic doctor and we were seen by a a physician assistant, not a doctor, a physician assistant. And she looked at her x-rays and she said, I I don't think this is a buckle break in her wrist. I I think she has lesion in her wrist and one in her knee. I think these are lesions and I'm really concerned. I'm going to have the orthopedic doctor look at the x-rays and call you later. So we waited at home and the orthopedic doctor's office called later and they said, nope, not lesions. That's a, a buckle break. This keeps a splint on, even though she'd been on a splint forever and it wasn't healing. Um, and that's a... And real benign- quick,
1: can you, ex- can, re- can you explain what lesions are? Um, or what sure. Are
0: um, yeah. Uh, Just for our be-
1: listeners that may not know sure, what that is. So
0: it's... um where inflammation attacks the bone and it creates a sort of lesion in the bone, like it can eat out bone or it can create extra growth. It depends on what kind of lesion you have. Um, so it's, it's, it has to do, it's it's not
1: external. Right.
0: Right. Right. So you can't see it externally. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so she's, so the, the orthopedic office said, don't worry, that's just a benign cyst and that's a buckle break, put the splint back on. Um, there's nothing horrible going on. And we knew that wasn't true, but we said, okay. That night again, she was screaming and crying all night long. So I called the orthopedics office and I wanted them to hear it. I put the phone up to her and I said, do you hear her crying and screaming? This is not normal. They said, okay, bring her in the morning. But that morning when she got up, both her feet were numb. We didn't know she fell down the stairs. So we Mm. rushed her to the ER. This time we demanded that they hospitalize her they hospitalized her. But when we got up to our room, a doctor came into the room that we have never met before. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, let's figure out what's going on. She condescendingly looked at us and said, I think this is psychological and she's just trying to get your attention. And at that point I said, it's fine that you think that I have a doctorate degree in psychology and I know she's not somaticizing. You you can do any evaluation you want, but first do the MRI, please. So we were exhausted. We are just so, so tired and so much pain. And they did the MRI the next day and they said, we're sorry. Um, we think she has brain cancer because she has lesions throughout her whole body. The lesion in her wrist created a hole in the bone and actually created death around that bone. There are lesions in her spine, putting her at risk for fracture and spinal collapse. They're throughout her legs. We don't know what's going on. We think she has brain cancer. Um so that was a horrible 24 hours until they did the MRI. But to this day when I talk about it, I still get emotional and I'm going to try not to get emotional no, here. It's okay. Um it's okay. and honestly, yeah. I get angry because of course. They not they the way they treated us and they also stole her voice and invalidated her experiences. Um And you're taught your whole life to trust doctors that they're there to help you. And so you're just shocked and surprised. And they actually made my daughter worse physically and emotionally by the way that they treated her. Um, You know, The next day when they did the brain MRI, they said, her brain looks beautiful. We don't know what's going on. She had to be hospitalized. She had all these procedures. She had the lesion cut out of her wrist and the dead bone cut out of her wrist. And they finally diagnosed her with chromo or CRMO, which stands for Chronic Recurring Multifocal Osteomyelitis. And that is the beginning of our journey with the medical system. At this point, she has really great doctors. But to get where we are right now, um, we still experience ignorance and egos um, when she was hospitalized. Well,
2: they're doctors.
0: Yeah. And we have oh, some. I like... We may need doctors to change
1: please. the name of this uh, this episode to Ignorance and Egos.
0: I like it.
2: <laughs> I like it <laughs>
1: a
0: lot. Yeah. But um, for instance... She her disease is an auto inflammatory autoimmune modulated disease. So she had to see a rheumatologist, and we went to a rheumatologist that had never seen Chromo. And we, but as parents, you research and you find out there's an expert in the U.S. that deals with it internationally. She's a researcher and a doctor that treats. So we want to go see this doctor. We asked mm-hmm. her rheumatologist, "Can you send? Um, can you let our insurance know that we want to see the doctor?" And she said, "Yes, yeah, she was going to." Well, we were denied and we couldn't figure out why we we're denied. So we called the insurance company and we found out that the doctor had told them that she didn't think it was necessary. So I confronted the doctor and she said, she got all worked up and she said, I am not a technician. I don't take orders from anybody, despite not having any experience um, with Chromo. And for me, I like to be in a room where people are smarter than me and mm. I could learn and she could like be a better doctor but she wouldn't, she wouldn't, we had to pay out of pocket There's to go point. see because of You, know that. you yeah. have to
2: back down and say, you, I can't handle this. And, and, you know, even in your field of behavior analysis, the first thing we're supposed to do, if we have not dealt with the situation, say, we're going to get somebody right. who's dealt with right. this and is experienced. Right. It's just, it, it is the ego of these people with these little degrees that have a D on it.
0: Yeah.
2: And. I I understand I could have one someday, but come on, there's gotta be some humility in this situation.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's how you become a better person too, by learning from other people yeah, around you. Right. A better professional. But um yeah. so it's been quite the journey and you know, we still have these instances where like for instance, she was she had to go get an MRI. She has to get MRIs a lot to check on the lesions to make sure that her her spine's okay and all that. So we went to a new hospital this time and this was just a couple months ago. And um, she's been medically traumatized because she's had so many infusions, needles, all kinds of stuff. So she's scared of needles. So they have a procedure at the old hospital where they give her gas and then they put the IV in. And we were told that would be fine at this hospital. But she was nine. She just turned 10 recently. Um, And the nurse comes in and he says to my daughter right before the procedure, I think you're a little bit old to be so scared and doing this this way. We think you should build a handle just getting the IV. And she starts crying. And I asked him, do you know her history? Do you know what he, she's been through? And he's like, no. And I said, she's been medically traumatized. She, this is, can we do it next time? And he said, well, you know, if you get gas, it can like make her, um, exasperate into her lungs and death could ha- in front of my daughter who is oh now petrified. God. She's shaking uncontrollably. She's afraid she's going to die. And I'm holding it together because I don't want her to see me crying. Right. And then I walk her and I get to walk with her. They decided to um, let her do it the way that it had been planned. I walk with her in the back room while they put her to sleep. And as soon as she's asleep, I start crying because my daughter has been through so much. And now she has this fear that she's going to die anytime she needs a procedure now where she has to be put to sleep. She's going to die. She thinks she's going to die. Now I have to overcome this obstacle with her. And I asked, I said, I left the room, and then the, the doctor, her doctor's actually great. This was not the doctor did it. She came to me, she's like, Why were you crying? What happened? I told her, and she was like really upset. And I said, As a rare disease parent, we're always second-guessing our decisions. Are we making the right decision? Are we giving the right treatment. There's no FDA approved treatments for her disease. There's no cure. So it's all trial and error. And all these things have consequences. How am I supposed to know what's the right thing to do for her? I trust you guys. And now you come in and you tell me that she's she could possibly die from having, you know, the gas mask person. She's like, no, 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 that's misinformation. If she was older and obese, that would be more of a risk. And I'm so sorry this happened. But we have things like that happen all the time. And um, a lot of times the patient and their family's voice gets left out of the room. And it's just the the professional that's in the room that gets all the say and they don't consider the lived experience of the patients or how much the parent I know more than any of her doctors except for her expert. Absolutely I'm not saying that to sound egotistical or anything. I know more about her disease than every single doctor we see except for her expert. I most doctors that we go to, they know nothing and I have to educate them. I have to tell them about it. So I think that there needs to be an approach where the patient's voice is allowed in the room and that you approach the situation from a collaborative stance rather than one where they're talking down to you and they think they know everything. Um, Right you know and yeah,
1: that's that's such a that's such an impactful what you just said was really i know it just punched tiffany in the stomach but it punched me mm-hmm. in the tum- stomach too because we both i'm in healthcare i'm a i'm a full-time paramedic and i've done healthcare care and in the hospital setting and i've seen doctors do what you're saying And it's always like they leave and I have to like try to fix it, you know, (laughs) because it's because it these people are very scared. I mean, let alone someone who's been traumatized like your daughter. So when it comes to the, you know, if 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 you are a a healthcare person and you're listening to this, I urge you to understand the other other ears that are in the room and and the appropriate discussion that you can have, you know, with 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 a, a family member and to just and to just what, what's the old fashioned words, you you know, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, to to be able to talk properly in front of, you know, Lily or in front of the the mother or in front of whatever, whatever loved one you have. So Tiffany, you have, I know that you probably had a comment on that, but I don't want to get away from it. I just,
2: um, You know, I went through a lot trying to get diagnosis for everything that I was dealing with with my autoimmune issues. And it's been, it was literally a nightmare because you do get that. You get all these people telling you, one, it's either in your head. We're not seeing it on this form. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought in the very beginning it was a thyroid imbalance, but it kept being, it would pendulum, but it wouldn't go high or low. And we just I I knew I couldn't have gluten anymore because I just could tell my body how sick I would get immediately. And it would put me out for weeks, like, mm. lo- like I'd get pneumonia. Like it was terrible. And so we just kept going and going, and going. I knew I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, but nobody would listen because it wasn't showing up the way they believed it should. And they just diagnosed me this year with it. It was too late. I already knew I had it. And I said, Well, I actually told you guys that like five years ago. But you know, whatever. We won't get into what I said, which is what I actually said to them word for word. <laughs> I said, <laughs> we won't get into that. And, she, and she's like, all right. And I'm like, you know, my my issue is even in, in emergency rooms, what you said. The one doctor said something, um, well, you should probably be on a thyroid medicine. I said, I'm sorry. Maybe you don't understand because you're not educated in this disease. Um, and it was for Hashimoto's thing. I'm like, that doesn't medicine doesn't help. It's an autoimmune issue unless you're high or low. And the reason most people end up with hyperthyroidism is because they're on that medicine mm-hmm. and you're putting them on thyroid, which pushes them into that. Now they have two issues, the autoimmune dis- disease and a thyroid problem. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? You need to back down. I said, no, I think you forgot you work for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, he
2: said, excuse me. I said, excuse me. You're in my room. I'm paying for this. You work for me. Mm-hmm. I said, let's remember your place. And he's like, I don't appreciate. I said, I actually do not care what you appreciate. And I got downright bitchy because I was over it and I was out of place in my life. I was in my forties. So, you know, once you hit that, the four, don't you hit the F words, your tolerance goes (laughs) way, way down. You are just like, and then once you hit that second F word, it's and there's- your confidence grows
0: and you're just willing to say stand right. your ground and uh, yeah
2: and i don't even know if it's confidence is the right word because people are like you gotta have confidence it's the fact that you just know right it's like yeah
1: there's knowledge and- is
2: teal it's not blue it's not yeah. green it's teal yeah. There's knowledge knowledge and
1: and wisdom and wisdom of the years and the, and the, and the stress and the, the research that you've done that, or other, I wasn't strong. I wasn't
2: brave. I was right. Like Sheila said,
1: she's had an expert explain everything to her. She's had the, the person, the physician that is the, the person for this disease, explain everything to her in grave detail. And when you get somebody new that may have only read it once in a book, they're, they're not the expert. And then they, they need to understand that 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 the you know the family member or the person dealing with the disease is the expert over them but it's it's hard it's hard
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah yeah so it is really when it
2: go ahead go ahead go ahead
1: gonna, no go go no go ahead
2: um no. when when you were going through this with Lily at one point they were going to take your kids away cuz they believed you were Oh no, that
0: used... that wasn't me. Oh, that, that you? was that okay. was the show. Oh, yeah, that was luckily, on the show. Okay. Luckily, that's never happened to us. Oh, um, but God. we have other families that we know that have children with chromo that it's actually happened with. Um, the worst that happened oh. with us is they just don't believe you. They say it's for attention. They kind of look at you like you're crazy. Um, but we do have another family that we're, we're very close to, and her chromo started earlier, and she had a break in her wrist, and they accuse the mom of grabbing her too hard by her wrist and putting her at risk and um, so her, she would be on the playground and all of a sudden her femur would just snap. So they knew that, no, this is not abuse of any sort, but they were able to eventually identify a gene for her that um, was affected causing the issue. But we, I've dealt with so many families. I'm an advocate internationally for different families with rare disease and the stories they tell you are just horrific. It's, it's, and what doctors don't realize, I, I I read a lot on Twitter and stuff, and I, I follow a lot of doctors. And one recently asked, "Is it more important to?" And he was oh. addressing other doctors, "Is it more important to have skill or bedside manner in it?" And he was so egotistical about it. He's like, "Oh, skill trumps this and and all that." And I said, "I'm just going to chime in as a rare disease mom." And bedside, if you have skill, you have bedside manner also. They both matter because they both affect the physical and mental health of the patient. Yeah. Um, and it's not just a child going through what what's happening. It's the whole family. Like she has a sibling. He has, his whole life has changed. I mean, we almost lost our business. There's, there's so much going on. And the mental health aspect is so important. I mean, I remember at five years old, we're a religious family. Mm-hmm. Um, But my daughter's faith is the strongest. How does
2: anyone make it through anything without God? Like to me, it's, it's crazy.
0: She has the strongest faith of all of us, but at five years old, my daughter asked me, mom, what did I do wrong? Why won't God help me? She asked me this at five years old at a time when, you know, she's supposed to still believe in magic and, and all of that. And so I could barely explain it at the time, but they're trying to make sense of this. And the more compassion that you can have, the better. You know, we're, like I said, she's 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 older now. Her faith, she still goes through a lot. I mean, there's some days she had, there's some, she's, she recently was in a wheelchair for four months. You know, um, so she's still going through a lot. She's in pain every single day. She has to have painkillers twice a day. Um, she has bisphosphonate infusions that are three days long in the hospital. She has blood work. She has steroid infusions. She has all this stuff. Um, but her faith in God is so strong. Um, and I know I'm kind of going everywhere, but there's so much that I want to address. Her disease is also an invisible disease. So you don't see what's going on. And and these kids will mask a lot. So she'll be running and playing one day and the next day she she can barely move. She's limping. And so it makes the disease really hard to understand. So there's that obstacle of trying to get people to understand it can change from moment to moment. And that if when they see her at her best, they don't know that how much medication she's on. They don't know what she has to go through to be able to function like that. They don't know any of that. Um, And if she were to miss like a day or two of her medication, she would be in a wheelchair. They don't see that, you know. So there's so many obstacles to overcome and just it's so crucial to have compassion when you're a professional dealing with these families and to consider their voice in all
2: of it. Invisible diseases are so difficult. I had wanted to do a, a promotional ad when I was at Rollins College about invisible diseases because I knew people with so many issues. When you talk about sickle cell, lupus, um, even celiac, it's, people don't understand because they can't see it. You're not in a wheelchair. I, I didn't understand. I remembered when I was at school and I was refusing the disability things because I could just do it. I don't really know why that made me stronger. It didn't. Because people
0: stigmatize it also. Yeah.
2: I mean, I didn't, I don't really understand looking back what my thought process was, but the guy who ran the disability, he was in a wheelchair. He couldn't do anything without a wheelchair. He had dogs that worked for him, he had AIDS, you know, all the time. And um, he was married, but obviously you don't want to put that pressure on your spouse. He had people that came in and just him and did stuff. So he was independently being able to care for himself without putting the weight on the spouse. And um he was discussing this with me in detail. And he said, let me make this really clear to you. If I didn't use what I need to get through the day, my wife would be stressed and overwhelmed. My dogs would be just anxious and running all over. They wouldn't know how to help me. And he goes, and I would just be like, no, I'm going to get ready myself. I'm going to get dressed myself. I'm going to go to work by myself. I couldn't, he said, I have to tr- I couldn't crawl to the door. He's like, what would I do? And I said, yeah, but he goes, you have issues too and you need to fix them. Well, the reason I'm telling the story is because even the people with invisible diseases believe I should be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend with sickle cell going through it and she kept fighting not to get it. And she ended up in the hospital one semester and it took her out and she couldn't come back. She was, she had to have, she almost died that semester. It was really Mm -hmm. terrible. And I remember when I got my the, the approval to have you know extra test time and uh, take tests privately and to get extensions if I was sick, things like that. My grades went up half a point. So instead of an A minus, I'd get A's. Instead of B pluses, I got A's, and my GPA just went up mm-hmm. after that. And it was nothing different than just using the resources available to me mm-hmm. that I d- believed I could have to fight uphill. And I think one of the things with Lily is having to constantly fight. And overcome everything. It just it ends up making you stronger, but it wears you down. Mm-hmm. It wears you down. And with it, it where I mean, what you and your husband, I can't even imagine. Every single day, you're watching it on the front line. Mm-hmm. You're the one holding her when she's crying. You're the mm-hmm. one giving her medicine. You're the one watching her not want to take mm-hmm. any more needles. Yeah,
0: and it's it changes everything. Um- you, it changes the dynamic of your family. A lot of marriages don't make it through it. Uh, it just changes everything, and you you are trying to do the best that you can. You you're very sleep deprived. You are up all night researching. You barely sleep, um, and you're. It feels like you're always like you said exactly. You you hit it that you're always having to fight. You're always having to fight, and there's no respite. And it feels like you've been thrown out into the wolves, and there's no. Yeah. In rare disease, unlike cancers, there's no integrated comprehensive approach to rare disease. You're just kind of thrown out there. And we like to change that. We'd like a more integrated comprehensive approach across domains where everybody's on board. You have a, a special team of doctors that are already organized, but you're not. When you have a rare disease, you're just... And part of that is because it's not incentivized financially to do something like that because the the rare disease um, is so rare that the the, ins- the insurance companies they, the FDA for drug approvals and clinical trials and all that there's not enough money to be made and so i think that the emphasis on incentivizing it is what kind of holds it holds it back um, i don't know if that makes sense but there's a lot of obstacles and a, a lot of families i luckily my daughter's school is amazing Um, but a lot of families I've had to advocate for because the schools just don't understand. And every year when Lily starts a new school year, I go and I I talk to her teachers because I don't want them to forget. I bring in literature. I I share videos. I share um, videos from her other rare disease, chromo patients. I share it from her doctors, but I go in and remind them because um, even though I'm repeating myself, it's new teachers and we want them. You walk this balance. You want compassion for your child, but Um, As I shared with you, I I have a dual master's and doctorate degree. I have post grad work at Harvard and Hebrew U. I want my, I do want my child to excel. I want her to um, fulfill her potential. I want her to excel. I expect her to excel. I'm not trying. Parents are not trying to get away with anything when they ask for that extra time on a test or whatever. And you're so afraid that they're going to think that you're just trying to ask for a favor. When, when. It's not that. It's just that you know what your child has to go through and you just want some compassion and some help to get to get them there. And luckily, her teachers have understood, but a lot of teachers don't. And it, that's another obstacle that rare disease families have to face is just the school system all the time.
2: I think everybody, um, doctors, the legal system for sure, um, teachers, everybody, they overlook mental health. Mm-hmm. And like what you're saying, bedside manner matters at the top priority there's no exception. I've literally, my sister was there with me at the emergency room watching a doctor not look at me and read off a page what was not wrong with me. Read off a page. Oh my word. Mm -hmm. The doctor that was standing there, she's like, so there's nothing wrong. I said, look at me, I'm swollen. And it was like this swollen up under here. She goes, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's not lymph nodes. And I looked at her and I said, Maybe it's because you're not aware. It's not weight. She's like, excuse me. I said, I'm sorry. This is when I get really bad. I get really bitchy in emergency rooms. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. It's it's because you're skinny. So you actually don't know. And at the time I was like 45 pounds less than I am now. <laughs> and so I wasn't like really big, but it just would always hit me to the point where the doctors aren't listening. And um, then I say things that I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's where we get in trouble. And we were there and the do- she walks away and the doctor looked at me. and He goes, I don't need a, pa- a paper with lab work to tell me what's wrong with you. Wow. I'm looking at you. He goes, some doctors are so blind to looking at a patient and actually having bedside manner. Yep. He told me this. Now I'm going to give him credit because he was Irish. So I'm going to chalk it up to that. That's why he had a soul. And he, <laughs> said, and he said, I literally am looking right at you. You have an infection. This is hot and swollen. There's things happening. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what it is. Um, This is right around the time we found out I had an autoimmune issue, but we just didn't know what was mm-hmm. causing it. And I would wear down. And I still have issues where I wear down. Right, Kyle? Like I'll, something will happen. I'll get cross-contaminated and I wear down. And it's like someone just pulls out all my batteries and I just, yeah. I lose my, my bump. And I, that's that's not frequent. It's spaced out. You're dealing with it every couple of days. You're watching mm-hmm. Lily have her batteries gone all the time. You have to refill her ev- every few hours. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the pressure as a parent going in that, but the mental health that they overlook is just disgusting. And I feel like, Uh, I know Kyle as an EMT is trained on that Mm -hmm. to address. And he's had cases where he shows up and those people aren't going to make it. And he has to hold their hand and talk Mm -hmm. to them. And that bedside manner for an EMT is the top of the list. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't understand why it's not taught what the problem is. I find it disgusting. And, um, I don't know. I feel like you said something else about, um, you know, taking the initiative and having to really, you have to be on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I know those weren't your exact words, but you, that's what you were saying. Like you as the parent had to take control Mm -hmm. and you as the patient. And, um, I think a lot of times people watching you didn't give you enough credit for that not that I know anybody in this situation. So anyone listening, I'm not talking about you, but if you feel bad, it's probably about you. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. Um, but I mean, the reality is you, you had to do what you knew and you mm-hmm. had to keep pushing and keep demanding. And, um, people don't, like that, especially when they believe that they're in a place that they should be above something Mm -hmm. instead of remembering and checking themselves and knowing their place is I'm here to help the patient. I'm not here to help my ego.
0: Right. Exactly.
2: And, um, I think that's a huge thing for me. I have a friend that always says, he's like, you have a really low tolerance for bullshit. He goes, and there's something that comes over you. It's Luke. It's, 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 it's Luke, Kyle from college. And he okay. says, there's something that comes over you. I can see it in your eye. He goes, the minute someone turns that page on you, yeah. <laughs> he goes, and you're just like, he goes, you will just be calm and nice and together.
0: He goes, well, you know, I admire that because a lot of times our voice is one of our most powerful tools. Yeah, but A lot of times as females, not to go there, but as females, no, no, you're taught to. to be nice. And if you aren't nice yep. and you state your opinion, then you're a bitch. Yeah. You know, or that you're aggressive, or you're you're being
2: too much right yeah. now. We don't we don't like how hard you're being yeah. right now. And um, your negativity is overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Or you're being you're dramatic. Somebody yes. actually said that yeah. to me.
0: Somebody said you're so dramatic about your child. And I'm like, Oh my god, if your child is in pain every day, wow. they had a rare disease. I, I was just blown right. away. And it, I I mean, I cried many times at night just thinking that that's right. what somebody thought. Um, but we I wanna teach my daughter how to advocate for herself. I want her to speak up. And you you spoke about gaslighting and it happens in the medical field all the time, and especially it happens to women. And you did two things that we um always advocate for as you use your voice and you brought someone with you. And it's amazing in the beginning when I started to catch on to all of this. If I brought my husband with, They were much more apt to listen Mm -hmm. to him as a Mm -hmm. male than to me as a female.
2: Kyle can say the same words I say, exactly the same Mm -hmm. words. So can my brother, and people are like, "Well, this man is upset. There's obviously something serious going Mm -hmm. on." The minute a woman gets upset,
0: they're too dramatic. She's being too
2: dramatic, and they're demeaning about it. Mm -hmm. They're demeaning to you. Um, I I know Kyle's daughter very very well. He has definitely raised her to have a voice. Um, I'm not even yeah, sure. He so much that it. I
1: can't even. I can't, <laughs> can't even
2: like, I can't even parent her. It's so much. I can't oh, even be a dad. I, 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 I actually love it. I was watching them the other day. She had something in the dryer. <clears throat> we were taping some. Dad, <laughs> did you restart this dryer? Well, they were wet. Came. I was trying. Oh, I wanted him to be wet, dad. Yeah. I was, and I'm like hysterical. How I was, was trying him? to do
1: something good.
2: Was I was team trying team to help out she's for so the amazing. love of Christ. Yeah. But she wasn't even afraid of him. There was no, she never is. She's never is, which is, I look, as a good thing. When I see kids that are a little afraid of their parent, there's a problem. There should be complete freedom for a girl to say something to her right. father. She disagrees or right. she's whatever. Yeah. And I see a definite problem. And that girl has a voice, man. Uh, no one could take it away. And you have to raise your kids to know that mm-hmm. we can't keep raising our daughters to be polite. Right. We can't keep raising them to, you know what, let's just smile. Right. Let's just, no. Mm-hmm. And your situation, you had no choice, but to, um, I don't, step up. Isn't the right word. I would say stand your ground, yeah. not let anyone take your voice. And even now, like you said, you're still dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. And she has a diagnosis.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Real quick, when it comes to the diagnosis and what you're dealing with, is there, yeah. are, is there something, and you may have asked this already, I had to step away for a couple of seconds, but so is there anything that you can do? Is there any type of like patient advocacy, like program or like people that can come with you and when they come in the room, like, like you know, almost like a lawyer for a hospital, you know, like, I guess I'm just like thinking off the top of my head. Is there like a a lawyer for patient advocacy, someone who could be there and that the healthcare professional knows that, okay, listen, this is a, this is someone who is here representing this family or helping represent this family. So I've got to be on my best behaviors. Do they have anything like that? Is that something that you've looked into or
0: what I've learned? Um, we are trying to create that, but what I've learned from our own experience and talking to others is that you can ask for a child advocate. Um, it's always good to get, the chair involved, the chair of the, whatever department you're in involved, if there's an issue, um, you can get a social worker involved, uh, and just to document everything all the time. That's one of the most important things you can do. And to, uh, learn to use your voice. I've had to do this where my daughter had a blood clot in her heart last year. Ah.
2: Um,
0: and the, the doctor came in the room and Started to talk about the blood clot in her heart and how she could die from it in front of my daughter. So I've had to, it's just like common sense <clears> like that. And this is a nice doctor. She wasn't t- trying to be rude or anything, but she just didn't even think about how that would affect my child's health, her mental yeah. health. So I've started where I now tell them ahead of time anything serious, you have to talk to me in the hallway. I do not want to scare my daughter. I don't want her thinking about this stuff. I don't want her to. You know, she shouldn't have to think about this. Let me worry about Mm -hmm. it. And if it's something that she has to deal with, then we'll talk to her. You don't just come in a room. So there's little things that we've learned along the way that make it easier. Um, We know right away when we get a nurse that's just, my daughter will take the IV and stuff if you're patient with her and she'll ask to be patient. But there are so many that will try to be patient for like one minute. And then after that, they're like, no, we're going to have to hold you down. You know, and I know to get rid of those mm, nurses yeah. right away and ask for somebody else. Because why are you even working in pediatrics if you don't have the patience or the tolerance or the compassion? And I know these are probably good people. I don't mean to vilify them. I'm sure they're great people, but they're, there's a lot of cold people that just, if you haven't lived the experience, I think, mm-hmm. as I told you earlier, something else personal about me. I mean, I have extensive training in the psychology field. Um, like I said, I told you my degree's. And I've helped a lot of people, but my brother, my younger brother died from suicide. And I've helped people that have gone through that. But until it happens to you, you have no idea what it's like. And you can help other people. You can read the book, you can have read the books. You can have all the training. But until something like this happens, so I've tried to step back now rather than feeling like I would like to slap most of these people in the face. I've I've stepped back and said, I know, I try to tell myself, I know they haven't been through this. and I know in my heart if they had been through this, they would feel completely different and they're probably a good human being. So how can I talk to them or how can I get across and make them realize a little bit of what this is actually like? And I've actually tried to step back a little bit because you're in, you're in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You are in the mm-hmm. beginning, you are literally in fight or flight. This is your child and the mama bear comes out. You, all you want to do is make your child feel good to, to make her better and you're, you'll fight for it. And I was, and because of such the bad experience, I, I started to go into doctor's appointments traumatized. I was also traumatized from this experience. And I went in as a traumatized person expecting that the, all doctors were going to be this way. So I would be defensive in the very beginning right away too. So I had to step back and kind of, I, I'm coming to this point in my life where I'm trying to integrate, trying to move forward towards cooperation. And some doctors make it a lot harder than others. Uh, She has a pretty good team now, but we have to deal with so many people that we're inevitably going to come across this a lot. It's just the way it is out there until, like you said, they get more training training as far as bedside manner and compassion and how it affects the mental health because your mental health affects your physical health. Yeah. It absolutely absolutely does. does. We're going to have to just learn new ways of dealing
2: with it. Your daughter's so young and hearing that stuff affects her in deep level. She is not at an age that she can reason out like we can. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a possibility. It's probably not going to happen. But when you walk into a young person and be like, you can die, what they're hearing is most likely I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. And it's really, and I, I know Kyle can't say stuff like that to somebody. We're pretty sure you're going to die now. Um, this is a really bad heart condition. So we're taking you to the hospital. Good luck. You can't say that stuff, can you?
1: No. <laughs> when 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 the person says it, I believe them. Man, I just, man, I feel like I'm going to die. Okay. my My spidey tingles go up because I've, in my experience when someone is of sound mind and not mentally, you know, mm-hmm. issued with, with the situation they're not on a mental health crisis when someone's like man I don't know you know I was just mowing the lawn and all my I just feel like I'm going to die I'm like oh it's on now because I, in my experience of 25 plus years in the healthcare field I've seen people start yeah. to die as soon as like not as soon as they say it but it's inevitable that they're, they're going to yeah. head down the drain like that. So like when it comes to us saying that to someone, you know, when we sign them off, that's a time when we can kind of get a little more blunt with them. But they're also trying they're refusing care. So we can like, okay, listen, you know, you could have this, this, and this, and this happen. That could be even something from a fall where they hit their head and they're an elderly. Okay, listen, we want you to go to the hospital because you're in the danger zone with being an elderly who hit their head, who's on Coumadin. You could have a stroke from this. Like I need to be blunt then, but there's a time and place for bluntness. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And you have to consider the cognitive ability, the cognitive ability of the person and emotional, um, their emotional age, all of that to
2: process it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I I don't, I, I just don't even know what to say because the, the trials that you are going through with your daughter and watching her be in this daily situation, I mean, if you didn't have the education and level of information that you have, I'm not sure that it would have come out the same. I I think your ability to stand your ground and just be able to keep demanding for more, because it could have been years that you were taken around. It was you demanding each step that caused them to be forced. Because by the time you got that specialist, you had to basically confront the doctor that was refusing to let you have a specialist Mm -hmm. because of her ego. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have experience in it. She couldn't do it. Yeah. She just wanted to believe she couldn't and try, and use your daughter like a guinea pig in her practice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. that would have been—I um, I would have had a lot of words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did have a lot of words. I got—I mean, one the like I said, I went to the chair of the department and yeah. I told him what happened, and he was so apologetic that he put me on a committee the hospital where I talked to other parents and doctors about what it's like to have a child with rare disease. And I, st- wow. I sat on that committee for like a year.
2: I love that. And so
0: I was able to enter, I hope it made a difference, but um, there's little things that you can do to try to combat all of that, but it's, okay. it's exhausting. It is, it is exhausting yeah. because you're already trying to take care of your child that I'm telling you, we are in and out of doctor's appointments and hospitals constantly. Your whole
2: schedule. And yeah. then
0: it's, you're trying to, we have a small business. We're trying to run that. We're trying to take care of our son, our poor son, who's been,
2: he's, he's on, the cut, been on the sidelines. He's on the sidelines. He's yeah. got to take his second there, seat. Too. Yeah, yeah. His
0: whole life has changed. Yeah. And he, you know? and
2: Kyle's right. His, he's now, Yeah, he, he, he's got like a middle child syndrome and he's not even the middle child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got, you know, you try and I'm educated. So I try to Make sure he didn't get left behind. But he, he went through this phase, too, where he, even though we were told, he, we told him he, she's not going to die, you know, um, he was afraid she's going to die. He's worried about all these things. He, you know, he's, yeah. she's also getting all the attention. He's never said he's, he's, they're so beautiful together. They get along so well. He carries her around everywhere. But I worry that, you know, he didn't get the same attention. He didn't, I know he's, he's not resentful, but I still wanted to be able to provide it to him too the same the same amount of attention but you can't it's you you're barely sleeping you're researching all the time you're running from one place to the next now you have to educate professionals about what's going on you got to sit on a committee you have to do all this other stuff it's like i would pull over i still do pull over sometimes between visits and stuff and i just sleep in my car you know wow you get it where you can <laughs> just,
2: just no it it is just it recharge. is you gotta
1: recharge you got to recharge your batteries and that was yeah. going to be one of my questions too is yeah. what are you doing for yourself, do you and your husband play tag team on times where you can like go do something that is, you know, for yourself? I mean, we put so much time into this situation and, and I know Tiffany knows when my mom passed away 23 years ago, mm-hmm. I was the, I, it was for two years. It was me and partially yeah. dad, but nobody else, none of, no other siblings. So, but I, there was once in a while someone would say, Hey, I'm going to come and watch mom and you go do something. Like you go do something. And that was helped very very helpful do you guys do that for one another or what what kind of what kind of um what kind of things do you do to help keep you strong i guess is my question
0: well i do have a great husband um he tries to come to as many appointments as he can with us uh but you know our relationship has i I don't want to say suffered but it's changed because we don't you know go out dating like we used to we're not like out hanging with hanging out with friends and like I recently had my birthday. <laughs> oh, for I wouldn't even We can, we can
1: that. scratch that out. I can put the
0: beep <laughs> over
1: top of it in post.
0: And I was like, no, don't make it a big deal because all my friends over the last yeah. few years, you know, you throw COVID into this too and it's even crazier, mm-hmm. have asked me to do things and I keep saying I can't. I'm so tired. I can't. I've got to do this. And I turn them down constantly and I'm like, I don't want you to make them feel like they have to come to some party that when I'm the one that keeps turning them away. But, you yeah. know, he planned a party and they came, but no, you, you just don't have time for things like that. But I think prayer, meditation, we have amazing parent-in-laws. Um, luckily, like I said, we have a small business. We have a great staff. We've had our business for 20-something and years. And what is the business? Um, it's a health and wellness center that focuses on martial arts and nutrition and fitness and oh. mental health, stuff like that. So I've like incorporated- Oh, my, so was it
2: your martial arts? Yeah,
0: yeah. we you know what you Yeah, know with you? yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. We, we started it together when we were- um, just out of high school, we started business together. Wow. And then I also started a nonprofit called children's rare care, which is advocating for other families with children with rare diseases. But, um, so I get the most pleasure in being with my kids. Yeah. And I know I, I'm, you know, we're running around everywhere, it. but. Yeah. she's she's, she's get getting it. older he's getting older and i already get weepy when i see these videos of people leaving for college because i want them to go to college oh, but oh, it, I'm right it's there with she, oh his, his daughter just went me.
2: this week yeah oh
0: yes i just can't imagine and, and i want them to be independent and everything but i know how quickly it goes and i know how much childhood yeah. she's lost so i feel like i'm uh, i'm trying to trying to constantly create moments with her and with him that last and can hopefully overshadow all the other stuff that's happened. Um, So right now that's where I I get the most joy is just trying to be, create moments like that for them. I don't know if I answered the question or not, but.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, you, you do. Um, And I think um, with, with your situation too, that's extremely high on your priority list and, to watch her be happy and have joy, mm-hmm. and your son too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and how old is he now?
0: He's 14. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, so he's in high school, yeah. He just started freshman year. Wow, and so and are him interested in the same school? You- no, okay. So are you out that way near Redbug?
0: Yeah, he goes to um Bishop Moore.
2: Okay, so you guys are the karate school she went to when he was little, yeah. Yeah, he's been with us for Wow! No, I went there several times. Really yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh amazing family. So amazing I met family. your husband. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I used to watch him. I used to go and watch Tristan. Oh my God. That's amazing. I've been there to yeah. your show, <laughs> show That's really awesome. Thank wow. You. Oh, that's amazing.
0: And we were lucky because um, we, our community really stepped up. Like, so in 2018, I changed our business mm-hmm. to a B Corp, which um, the emphasis is having a positive impact on community and in your employees. It's a, okay. it, it, it's a for-profit business, but they believe they can make a difference in the world. So we started to get involved really big in the community mm. and do a lot of pro bono work and just. And I think that almost prepared for, a two, two years into that, and all of a sudden my daughter became sick, and our community mm. just stepped in, our employees, everything they just stepped in, and if we wouldn't have had them, I don't, we would have lost our business. We would have just, oh. it would have just been horrible. I cannot thank God enough or thank our community enough. Mm thank our staff enough for, for being there for us, thank our family. I mean, our mother-in-law and father-in-law just have been amazing. And so we have, we have that support, but at the same time, you just feel really, really lonely. And I don't know if that makes sense. You feel super lonely and you're constantly feeling desperate. And
2: when we're done taping, I definitely want to pray for you.
0: Thank you. I have some frankincense oh, in like, the other room. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I'm serious.
2: I'm but, do,
0: uh, and I wanted to share something else. Despite all of this, my daughter is a happy kid. She is. She's a amazing. happy-go-lucky kid. I mean, she goes through her moments, and she's had counseling for anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. But she has hope. She's a trooper. She, she has strong faith. I mean. Right.
1: So. Well, not a lot of that comes from you, too, and how you have how you have acted around her and not in panic, not in, not in derangement. Like you said, you had, it was everything you could do to not cry when the doctor was telling you this stuff and, or when they were telling you about procedures and then they put her to sleep for her IV and you were like, what the heck is going on? Like, don't talk like this in front of my daughter. Like, like you have been such a rock for her from, from how you described it uh, for your family, for your community, for your, for your employees, you know, for everyone to hear and see, you know, you are, you are such a strong person and, and I've only known you for an hour, you know, it's like, (laughs) I want you on my team, (laughs) but you know, if I ever have to have a team, I want you on it. Uh, And one thing I did want to ask you was um, let's, I want to kind of go back to your son, 14 year old son. So do you, do you notice that uh, I've noticed in my life when, when, when there's been a sibling with a, a, a a a sister or a brother who is either, you know, down syndrome or, or a uh, some sort of disabled of some sort, or some sort of sickness that have caused them to have bad, you know, bad, you know, bad stuff happening to them, and all this struggle and all these tests and all these hospitalizations, all on the same lines. Do you find that your son is is becoming a stronger person because of that? Like, do you see oh, that yes. in him?
0: My the- son is so strong. I'm so proud of him. I'm I'm proud of him because of the person that he is. He didn't get jealous. He stepped up. He carries her around everywhere. He takes care of her. And I saw when he started a new school after COVID, I found out from the teachers that for months there was this kid that had a broken leg <clears throat> and nobody was helping him out. For months, my son would carry his backpack everywhere he went for him. And I found this out from the teachers and the parents. They, they called to th- say thank you and everything. So I see that um, he has compassion for other people. Um, so
1: that's fantastic.
0: I, I think that, you know, I don't like this you have to look on the bright side and I think it sounds weird to say, but I think that her disease has made me a better parent, a more loving parent, a more patient of parent. Of course um, it has. And no made way it me can. closer to both of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there's a there's right. a lot of negatives to it, but I think right. It, you, you know, it's
1: like one of the things I've recently listened to is every struggle is there's a success and for, for lack of better terms. So every hardship you go through, when you get through that hardship or when you finally find that one person that listens to you, that struggle was worth it for a reason. And, you know, right now, part of the struggle with with everything that your son is seeing, he's becoming a young man who is just getting ready to understand what that means. If he's a a freshman in high school, he's getting getting ready to go through a bunch of changes himself that he's going to be ready for the rest of his life. And that's a good Mm -hmm. thing. You know, even though this horrible situation with your daughter has helped him get there, there. It's still the it's still the silver lining, like you said about that. Right, and yeah. same thing with you. You're going to create some amazing things. I just can feel it. I know it. But what you're going through is is going to make you the strongest person to be this advocate that other people like you aren't going to have to go through the timing like you did. They're going to be able to bridge that gap of of uncertainty and of confidence, and you're going to be the one that teaches them that, and that's a good thing. So. You know, just know that the struggle that you're going through—it's—it is all for the good. Whether it's the good of how you're caring for your daughter, or if it's the good for the next person up that that may you be introduced to you, that you're going to help accelerate that process, even though you had to go kind of through it the long way, unfortunately.
0: Thank you for saying that. If I can just help one person, just one family, mm-hmm. I that's think that what would be, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. We just
1: want one. Just, yeah, that's, and that's I think a t-shirt. one. <laughs>
0: My daughter, she, um, she's dead set on being an anesthesiologist. She wants to be the one that's there to help them feel relaxed before they have to get any IVs in. And she just, she, she just wants to be the one to help them stay calm. And when she talks about it, it's it's really cool to hear. So, I mean, I think it's going to make her also a more compassionate
2: person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome.
2: I imagine. I can't wait to meet her someday. I can't even imagine. Um, And 10 is such a, she's already very, very aware. About that age is when, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, where they're becoming very aware. And for her, I think it had to start much sooner because she was Mm -hmm. forced into that. Mm -hmm. And she had to have an awareness and she knew it. I mean, it wasn't like she could just be five or just mm-hmm. be six. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend's daughter has um, Crohn's and was hospitalized very young. They didn't know for a long time. And she says that now she's twenty. She'll be twenty this month. And she didn't know really, like ever, what age that she wasn't cognitive about her disease mm-hmm. and that there was a serious problem. And for years we didn't know that she would make it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We, I mean, now she's at a great weight. Um, I mean, so happy to see her Mm. looking amazing, but (laughs) there were times we all just prayed every day. Mm -hmm. We just had to play and believe that she was going to live and believe without doubt because Mm -hmm. the reality was we didn't know.
0: Yeah. Crohn's is a very serious disease. It's actually a common comorbidity with my daughter's disease. It's an auto-inflammatory disease. So a lot of of
2: kids
0: that get get chromo also get... um, Crohn's are all, and ulcerative colitis. Other issues too. There's a vascular issue, but yeah, Crohn's is very serious disease. Yeah.
1: Oh my so word. So is it do you, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners uh, like someplace where they can go and and learn about advocacy? Anything you want the what you would want someone to know that maybe in this situation um, to where they can start, where they can where they can go to either get connected with you or to organizations that you found. Yes. Um, anything else that you can, like, yeah. you know, the, <clears throat> like put your education hap- hat on and see, like, <laughs> you've got the stage and everybody in the world can hear what you have to say about where they can go to get this help. Right. Do you have anything well, to say about that?
0: You're always welcome to contact me directly through Children's Rare Care um, at gmail.com, Children's Rare Care at gmail.com. Um, also, Nord the National Organization for Rare Diseases, is a great resource. Um, And I would like to leave people with the thought that one small way that you can help is if you see somebody sharing on social media about a rare disease is to share the information with other people, to champion that person, to um, show some compassion. Because a lot of times... I've seen people that share their journey with rare disease. I, I know some families on TikTok, they get some really bad hate comments, like they're just trying to get attention. And I want to say, yes, of course, they're trying to get attention. <laughs> they're trying to get attention because they want to save their child. They feel, first, first of all, they want to save the child. They want to get the information out there. They also are very lonely and desperate. And part of the grieving process because you are grieving is reaching out to other people. Yeah. And that's what everybody uses social media for. So rather well, than if you're
2: drowning, you're going to yes, say, somebody help me, please. Out. I'm going to yeah. need somebody. So yeah.
0: when you see that, try to, um, not approach it from a judgmental position or mindset, but one from curiosity and open-mindedness and compassion and just reach out and a kind word or, Um, sharing their post or learning as much as you can if if there's something that intrigues you. And also with my daughter's rare disease, which is, um, they say CHROMO for the acronym, which is CRMO, which is chronic recurrent multifocal osteomyelitis. It's said to be a one in 1 million. It's a rare disease, one in 1 million, but they think the prevalence is actually higher. So recognizing the symptoms, which is um, exacerbating, excruciating body pain. And a lot of times they get, if you know somebody that's been to the doctor over and over because um, they have had terrible leg pain, back pain, and they keep getting told that it's, uh, you know, just growing pains. Um, some of these families have gone so long that their child's spine has actually collapsed. They've been turned away so many times. Mm. They have bone breaks, bone <laughs> deformities. But if you know somebody that their child is just, they, st- they start guarding their body. They start limping a lot. They're They're not wanting to walk and they keep going to the doctor. And being told it's just atypical groin pains or something like that, I would love to just keep, get people to click and say, "What if this could be that rare disease that that woman Sheila was talking about?" And the more mm. awareness that we create, the more likely we can help people, and they don't have to go through the same journey and wait a long time before they get help.
2: That's really good information. It's terrifying. Um, I feel like the more we go into this with you, it just gets more terrifying. <laughs> I do- <laughs> the longer we talk, I'm just like, wow, is there? Can this be worse? Um, so this is great information. And you said the name of your website is? Children's Rare Care. Okay. okay. And that is great. And that's your group. You started
1: yes, that. Yeah. Okay. Is that a .com cool. or .org or?
2: Dot
0: .org. Wow.
1: Dot .org. Okay. okay. Children's Rare Care. .org.
0: I have, uh, and you can contact me directly through email also, or right. I don't mind sharing my phone number. I have people call, call me internationally. So I'm okay. also on social media. Okay. So, yeah.
2: Which which ones?
0: She, uh, Facebook is probably the best way to get okay. a hold of me. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. But, but I would like to say if you're finding me on social media, it's Sheila Roquefort Hain. So it's Sheila Roquefort, R O C H E F O R T, slash H O E H N.
2: Yeah. Right. No, it's wonderful. I, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, th- I think my favorite thing is the B Corp. Um, you started that before these were problems. You are already this person you needed to be, to build able to ha- to ha- to handle this trauma. And I feel like this just, that says so much, um, about God and the universe and how he literally makes sure you have what you need. And people don't understand. They're like, yeah, well, why did this happen? Well, that's not how it works. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe people don't really understand that it doesn't work like that. I, I don't know. I've I've had a lot of people say stuff. You've seen people say all sorts of things, and um, I mean, you know, it's very clear we're going to fight with tribulation, mm-hmm. sickness, and and mm-hmm. death. It, it says we're going to deal with that. It's not a thing. Um, yeah. But you you can't just expect to have nothing. But the reality is, you were you had so much with you when you went into mm-hmm. it so much, yeah, so much help, so many, so much support and love and a really good base. You had started this beforehand when um, I just don't know what, what it would have been like. Like you said, you would have lost your business. Yeah. I mean, he had you set up. He's like, okay, it's kind of like Joseph in the famine, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, the famine's coming, fill up everything because it's going to be seven years. I can't stop it, but this is what's going on. And I think that's the that's the best thing anybody can do is just always ask. You know, let That's me know. That's a really great analogy. I had um a similar thing if you, when you listen to the show about our my insanity. Um I was just like a nightmare. I, I had a minister friend recently say that and she was praying for me, and she told everyone before she started, she's like, what she went through is like the worst nightmare. <laughs> and they're like, and then you want to say that it got could get better, but it just kept getting worse. <laughs> and I just started crying because it was so true. But God had done some amazing things for me so that I was taken care of in the last year and a half. I was set up, taken care of. I there's no way it could have played out better. Now I wasn't okay, right? Mm-hmm. But I had everything I needed to not be okay. And um, I think a girlfriend said it best to me. She was like, he already knew how you react. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I had the resources to heal the way I handle things. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was in a healthy manner, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I did, I I did, I did it. And I will say, I'm really, really grateful that Mm -hmm. that was set up that way. It was almost Mm -hmm. like on the dot. I mean, there was a a little, little window of problem, but not enough um, at the time. And it was literally just a gift. You know, Mm -hmm. just, I know this sucks. It's going to be really bad. And here you go. Mm -hmm. And um, you guys, you guys were really blessed that way. I mean, and I do believe our faith calls for that. I'm Mm -hmm. really big in manifesting. I truly believe where our brain is, our actions are, and everything else will follow, which Mm -hmm. includes bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And people don't recognize that. And there's a reason why God specifically says, I think Jesus says it, what, over 300 times, do not fear, Mm -hmm. like specifically as an order. And if you really recognize that on such a level that we can't walk away from, because at any point, if you would have lived in complete fear instead of faith, it could have. It would have went totally different, and I absolutely believe mm-hmm. it. And and you didn't have that determination and grit that it took to get through it.
0: And something you said before we started this, you were talking about limiting beliefs, and then talking about manifestation. I just think constantly I'm trying to approach it from a growth mindset. Yeah, like how can I grow and become better? And that's it's super easy for me to say because. I try to do it that way. Sometimes I just break down and then I'm like, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop feeling sorry for it. You know, mm-hmm. just get up, put one foot in front of the other and do what you have to do and, and make the best of it. And I just, I try to do that and I try to instill that in my kids, you know, and I realize it's going to be hard. It's not always that easy, but I I like what you said about limiting beliefs and manifestation and just the whole growth mindset. We'll be I tapping really in on important. it.
2: Well, I'll be doing an episode on it. And I, um, I've been able to manifest pretty much whatever. My manifestation abilities will grow tremendously over about 20 years, but it's something broke. And that's why I really want, I had to really like zone in on it, right. And find Mm -hmm. out what's going on. And I found out I wasn't as broke as I thought, but there were just areas of disbelief that I couldn't have, that unacceptable expectancy and belief I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard
0: what I've learned is that broken can actually be beautiful. And that sounds like an oxymoron, yeah. but Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> broken can be beautiful because it puts us more in touch with our humanity and the humanity of other people.
2: Yeah. 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 I think, um, it was the get up part. Um, so two years ago when the newest matrix came out, it just makes me cry every time, but it is really horrible. And I watched it. And something about it resonated with me so huge on such a level. I remember watching it and I looked at my ex-husband and I said, that is, that's, that's me. This isn't real and nothing we're living in is real. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I really believe it. Like the minute all of this fell apart Nothing isn't the same.
0: Mm.
2: It's like my life that it was is gone and that wasn't real and I wasn't living in it. And it's as if it just dwindled away into dust. It's nothing. Mm. And I remember through this time in the last year, like you said, get up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many days I just was like, get up. I refused mm-hmm. to have a day where I spent the whole day in bed. Now there's times I was sick and I had to, mm-hmm. which were hard for me because I was programming my brain every day not to do it. So now I had this internal fight. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know. I I will always use the movies as references and songs, so people watching, you should just get used to it. And if that's not you, just watch a different show. Um, I, <laughs> if you are not watching sci-fi, you probably shouldn't watch this show. Um, <laughs> I haven't really. Well, there's a there's a little earwig.
1: There's a little. Yeah, there's a little earwig at the beginning and the end of every one of our shows that uh, yes. that pays homage to our love of of R two D two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, No, I, I remember in the matrix when she was like, Trinity, get up, get up. And I feel that that's that moment, every mom. And I remember Mm -hmm. even watching it and feeling every mom goes through it. I had no clue how bad it was going to be. And you, you said it, there's times you get up and you're just like, get up. And for you, I think you had reason. You've got your kids. Mm -hmm. You have, that's a huge thing to get Mm -hmm. up for. I didn't really have anything. I had sometimes harder to fight for
0: ourselves than it is to fight for the people we love.
2: Absolutely. Because I will not, I would throw myself under a bus for my kid Mm -hmm. a million times over. But when you're the only reason you have to get up, Mm -hmm. there's, um, that's, it's not easy Mm -hmm. because it's not a good enough reason sometimes. And, um, there's that part in the, in the new matrix where she remembers who she is. And, I remember watching it and it changed my life for the first time. And I knew it at that point, I was not this person. And it was every time, like the first time we saw it and he was like, you're crazy. You're ridiculous. But I knew it. And he goes, I know somehow you're going to blame this on me. And I'm like, literally thinking if in the my boot, brain, here's another. Reason, <laughs> if the boot fits. Say that again.
0: <laughs> if the boot fits.
2: I mean, really? It, it It There was just this moment of knowing it. This was like, two years. I mean, and um, I look back on all that stuff and think about everything it was and everything I went through. And oh, dear God, <laughs> when yeah. we go through it, when you watch my show, you're just gonna be like, wow. <laughs> Um, I'm I so still excited
0: f- for your show. I want to see every single episode. I, mean-
2: <laughs> I think you're going to still wish, I think you're still going to be glad you're in your situation. <laughs> I think you're going to watch, you gonna well, give me some perspective.
0: You're right? going to watch my show and
2: you're going to be like, wow, I am so glad this is my plight. I really don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I mean, there is, um, it, there are things that happen that make things look easier. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that, God, you're, you, you have to have strength through it, but really faith. We talked about that before we started taping. How do people make it?
0: Yeah. How do they make
2: it? What are they? I mean, people are like, I just believe it'll work out. That's great. And I'm glad because that's still faith in something. Right. But I don't know. I think I can't make it. I mean, I don't know. Kyle and I pray together quite often and I can't even imagine getting where we are now in this episode, this show, this series of everything we're doing without prayer. Mm-hmm. And there have been many, many times where we just had to stop and pray.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you have each other. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Well, I you know what I have. He can tell you, I have a really good friend group. I have a good support group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean okay. really, really thankful for it. Like you said, if you the community and your and your staff, you had already started that, they were just held you up. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's important. I think we need to put ourselves out there because you never know. You never know. And, um, it is easy when you're an extrovert because you're putting yourself out there unknowingly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take effort, but I do encourage people to put themselves out there, Mm -hmm. put themselves out there. If you see someone in need and they need help, just do it. And, um, it is easy for me to naturally be like, someone needs help. I'm going to fix it. Someone needs a place to stay, stay here. I don't, I don't have any issue with it. Stay here for three months, whatever you need. I don't care if I can help you, I'll help you. It does not, no skin off my back. Mm for some people it's not that easy in Mm -hmm. their mind, their psychological position of it, but whatever you can do, do it. Mm -hmm. Whatever you can do, you see Mm -hmm. someone in need help them. If all you can do is make them a dish or buy them a dish or, um, hire. I remember one time I hired someone to clean someone's house. I just knew they couldn't. And you just have to do what you can do. No matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do anything but pray, then pray. Mm -hmm. And, um, I took a class on, uh, um, it, it was energy. It was, it was using energy. Um, and it was heart called heart, heart math and you're focusing on good vibrations and sending them out. And it really let me see in one moment how all that works, mm. how your thoughts, your energy affect an area. And they had done studies. And when they all one day looked at one place and decided to put that good, positive energy there, um. It was changing the environment in mm-hmm. that area. Mm-hmm. And when they did the studies, and we talked about it, I was like, Well, that's that's how prayer works. Mm-hmm. I do think there's an extra battery pack with God, yeah, and with that. And I think people not using it, they miss <laughs> <A> out. Boost. <laughs> a and a boost, boost, yeah. It's like you know, a Mario Brothers. <laughs> entering you pick up Jesus the little, yeah, mm-hmm. you get yeah. that power boost. Hey, I mm-hmm. I'm serious. I think it's like that extra yeah. that extra engine power. But I mean, we need that, right? Mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, yep. there's that days, there's those days. So
0: energy matters so much. Oh yeah, it
2: really does. Keep, the
0: type of people you're yeah. around.
2: Yeah. yeah, the vibration of the people you're yep. around. <clears throat> it is people. Um, and, and I and energy is so important. It's not. It's not you. It's not New Age. It's not humanistic. It's reality. It's within our body, <clears throat> our our <clears throat> cells are touching, they move all the time. Our energy is yeah. important. And when your energy is off, it will affect everything in your life. Yeah. And um, I think the most amazing thing you've done is be able to keep the energy in the atmosphere at your home at a positive level. And despite yeah. all the craziness going on, you somehow do it. Yeah, And, and you're holding yeah. up your husband too. Right. Oh, he's and, holding me up. You guys yeah. <laughs> are,
1: you're holding each other up. You guys yeah. are... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Something like this will split people up. Period, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. hasn't split
2: you up. What do you think the key factor is? Yeah, I, I, I can't see. I've met her husband, and he really does love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> he puts up with me. <laughs> what is the? What do you think the reason is that it's it's worked and not made you guys fall apart?
0: I think we had a heads up with our training and our experience with people that, mm-hmm. um, that. I was very familiar because I've counseled people that when they lose a child or there's a, a huge money issue or there's somebody sick in the family, a lot of marriages fall apart. So you know this ahead of time. And we also had a unique relationship going in. I mean, I've been dating him since high school. Yeah. Um,
2: that gives you a good bond. Yeah. yeah. But I
0: mean, there's been trial and tribulations between us. It's It hasn't been easy that we've had our our issues, but we know we love each other and we we want to be there for our children and for each other. Um, I get satisfaction out of knowing that one day we're going to be eighty, sitting together, knowing that we went through all these different things in life, and it just feels so meaningful for me to know that I had a best friend through all of it. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's. I think what you just said is a, a good thing. Um, you didn't just marry a person. You you married someone. You already were very connected to on a deep mm-hmm. level. Yeah. That's that's really really important. Mm-hmm. I think it's right. really important. Sometimes I don't do know. I, do this I didn't do that, but that would be <laughs> sometimes when he's walking away. I do this. Yeah, you know. But well, I don't isn't...
0: really want to strangle him. It's yeah. just you know. <laughs> well,
2: no, well yeah. everybody, I'll I'll all of us men yeah. have
1: to be strangled once in a while to get our, <laughs> our act together. I'm, yeah. I'm humble when it comes to that. I, I know that I, the woman is a, a superior well, let me say it i know that women are a superior <laughs> species period i get that he, he was i knew that a, back when i i knew that because of my mom
2: yeah i was yeah. gonna say that's, that's ellie yeah um yep. no his mom scared the hell out of me <laughs> 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 kenny and i were just talking about it your brother when yeah. was with kenny and we were just talking about it. i'm like god kyle doesn't get it like she was scary And I was always nice. But every time I walked in, she walked in and I was there. It was back in high school. I always felt like we were doing something bad. We weren't. We never (laughs) did. But oh my God, she just looked at me like, what are you up to? What do you want with my son? I don't want anything. I just... Oh, I want to tell Mariah you. His, I don't know. <laughs> we I wanted to tell you also.
0: My yeah. daughter well, she she's written two children's books. My daughter, my son yes. wrote. Wow! Wrote
1: this, oh my gosh, where can they get them?
0: Oh my they're, gosh, they're, they're, they're on Amazon. But my son okay, my we're daughter, gonna put that so link so in dude, there. Dude, let me see. Yeah, it. Me, yes, they they send wrote, me the they link. Wrote you. They wrote something special. You guys. Oh my god, I get to keep the book. And she also just had a second book come. Look at this, you guys!
2: Oh my god, this touches me so deeply. Oh my gosh,
1: we are going to get that link in the in the description. Her link will okay, be there and we'll put it on our website too
2: in here
1: you you won't you look it, 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 you can't but much. there you yeah, can there see go.
2: that she wrote something to
1: us oh wow that's amazing. oh my
2: god dear tiffany and thank you for helping kids with rare diseases
1: oh my god, that's you amazing a better
2: place. Oh.
1: okay
0: what
2: is it i'm, I'm looking at
0: uh, her first name is layel layelle she, oh she my was god. going by lily for the longest time but now she wants to go by Layel.
2: Oh that is so sweet.
0: Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for everything you guys do. I I believe people come into your life
2: for a reason.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, Kyle and I both believe that
2: very great but Kyle I believe it a lot. I we met a woman last year when we started talking about this who's um deaf. I forget. Her and I are very good friends now. And I forget all the time she's deaf. I'll walk out of the room talking. She's like, I'm still deaf, (laughs) Tiffany. Still deaf. I can't hear you. So I have to be looking at her. She reads lips, but she's 20% deaf in one ear. So she can hear a little bit if I'm next to her. And uh, we met her day drinking at Disney Springs at Rainforest Cafe. And um, that's when we decided we need to start having guests. We were like, we need to do this with, we need to interview her. We need to do this bigger. And it just kind of evolved and- God, it's amazing! I now can't. We're, we're doing here. it. Look, we're doing yeah, it. We're, we're doing here. It. You didn't just walk into it. You manifested yeah. it. You made it happen. We yeah. did, yeah. and and okay. it was something we knew when the moment we spoke it. It was it was speaking it into existence. Mm-hmm. Like neither one of us had doubt or worry. Like even no. recently, I was speaking to a. a I was manifest- actually doing a
1: different podcast at the time, and yeah. we were going to get yeah. them on that, and it just it, it fizzled out. And it, it fizzled out because this, this energy of this idea was so much stronger. Everything else away. I needed yeah. to put my energy into this one and not anything else.
2: And, and really, oh, wow. Like, honestly, the, the, I was talking to this manifestor lady lately and I had been going over stuff because I'm already uh, like, she's like, you're, you're where I wish all my clients could be eventually. She goes, but, but I knew I had a, a disbelief and a limiting belief section that needed to be taken out. I need to figure it out. So I went to. So many people. I mean, <laughs> I don't care what religion they were. I'm like, what am, where's my gap in my limited belief? And she looks at me and she's like, but you're not worried about the show. I said, no. She goes, I'm not either. She goes, this is you've got this. She goes, yeah, I, I worry about it so much. Convinced. You
1: don't have to worry about it. Cause I worry about it. No, I'm
2: just, no, I'm, That's I'm what just not. Do.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: know. going to, yo God, anyone <laughs> watching and listening, Kyle's phenomenal. Um, We do work well together. Like you said, at the beginning, we fight like siblings. We do. And I don't ever care if he's upset. We don't, our, we don't ruffle each other's feathers. We don't really care. If you read some of our text messages, you'd be like, wow, they don't like each other. There's a lot of, have back and forth in the city. That's, wow, wow. He, just, he just said that to her. Oh my god. I only said just that like,
1: to to my sister. No.
2: Yeah, like, <laughs> even, but we, we really don't ruffle each other's feathers. Everything works out well. We are we understand each other's issues, and that um you know, so it works out really nice, but he's very compassionate, and this is what I like about it is to not making me be different. Like you said it with your voice the first day, I was like, what are we going to do about my mouth? We're going to get letters. And he's like, they're cause commons and they make money. He goes, but we're not changing Tiffany. Right. He goes, we're not, which is something I never heard um, in my marriage ever. Um, it was always, you're not good enough and you, you know, and you got to be different. But I, I knew that I couldn't be different. I knew that what the energy I have was the greatness. Mm-hmm. And I also believe when people are short-sighted, like doctors, attorneys, people who believe that they've come to this level of knowledge that now they know all that's, that is a limiting belief in itself.
0: Mm -hmm, And
2: you're dealing, you deal with that with the rare diseases, you deal with it with the invisible diseases. And I think that, you know, circling back to all of this, we have to, um, we have to stick together and keep people's voice. You have to give people encouragement to keep their voice and to teach them how to use that voice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you've done on many occasions, especially with this helping people with suicide recovery. I mean, and everything you're facing right now, my word. Yeah. Your faith is everything. So, all right. So we do want to wrap up, right, Kyle? So let's do that.
1: (laughs) We're we're pushing that. We're pushing one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love it. Oh yeah. I was looking, I was like, this is great. That's the one
1: thing is with Kyle and Tiffany in the room, we could, we could talk we could talk even through our sleep. We can still have a talk. So <laughs> that's
2: great. I don't know if she saw our intro yet, but that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we we've got uh, to do more funny because people watch it, and we all have yeah, all these crying like, episodes. This is all serious, <laughs> yeah. That's
0: you guys are. That's what's great about you guys too is that you can talk about these issues, but you're so witty and clever that you can make you know you make it fun and funny too.
2: <gasps> we're witty and clever, Kyle. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I, I wish know. I was there I don't to know give if you again. things for witty and clever. Sometimes we're doing stuff. Yeah, and she's yeah like, we're
1: just a little too much for her. But she's all also right, an guys. introvert. All right, she's an extra introvert.
2: Leave the room. You guys have fun. Um- <laughs> <laughs> and
1: not in that way.
2: <laughs> no. no, she's she's um, no, she trusts us impeccably. But the point is, she just we overwhelm her. Yeah. <laughs> when the two of us start together, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we even asked well, her if we came to Disney. Do you want to come? She's like, No, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I <don't want> to- <laughs>
1: all right mouth, tiffany wrap it up let's uh, let's make sure that we tell people to subscribe and like and share if you are, are listening to this and and somebody enters your heart or into your brain about that they're having their own struggles with the medical field and and uh patient advocacy advocacy well it's hard for me to say that word if you know of anybody that way if you are dealing with that yourself don't hesitate uh, sheila has put herself out there to help you out and to be a a, a voice of understanding and direction that you don't have to start where she started. You can kind of catch up through her experience, which is what what the Elite Few is all about. We're bringing you people that are trying to help you accelerate your situation, whatever that may be. Yeah. Like, share, subscribe. And Tiffany, got anything last things to say? I
2: absolutely do. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. We love having you here. We love you. We're so excited that you're joining us and stay fabulous.
1: And that's a wrap for this powerful episode of The Elite Few, where we chat with those people making this a fabulous, extraordinary world who are making the difference in the lives of others. A huge thank you to our host, Tiffany Feeney, and our extraordinary guest, Sheila Hayne. Please share her story with everyone so we can make that change in children's rare diseases. Remember to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. Your support keeps us going. From all of us here at The Elite View, I'm Kyle Goodnight. We thank you and look forward to catching you on the next episode.